Weekly! This week, we are talking about The Expanse, the video game, Netflix Unknown, <laughs> I didn't spell it right, and Evil Dead Rise, and now your host, Mike and Diglio! <laughs> Net- Netflix. Uh, what is up, everybody? Welcome to K&M Geekly. Just a sneak peek at two geeks yeah. talking about some of the stuff getting them through their week, spelling things wrong. I'm Mike Doing and Doing it fast. <laughs> Doing it on the fly. I'm Mike and Deglio. Uh, this is my co-host, my good buddy, Keith Varney. Keith, un- and, and there is CEO Jen bringing a nice coffee. Keith, oh. my cup runneth over. It sure does. It really is. We talk about it every week, but get yourself a yeah. CEO, Jen, if you, if you, can, if you got the option. I mean, like, I'm working on it, but, you All know, right. they don't, not a lot of them walk Ooh, through the that's basement. sweet. So, listen, last week, you'll know my weekly rad was a, was a, a podcast about Full House, which Dave Coulier, poor guy, he just launched the podcast, and he just announced they're pausing it in order to kind of comport with the, the writer strikes and sure. apparently, like, rewatch shows, which of which we do, too. There's sort of a... There's a gray area there, but all the shows we do, I think, are have wrapped production. Whatever. That's so. But the point of that podcast was that the Full House and TGIF and the certain television properties from your nostalgic past hold a little bit of space in your heart, Keith. Right? Sure. Mean something to you because of what that's you were our going entire through. channel. You're, yeah, growing up, just. And, and that's what we say, don't let anybody yuck your yum. Your show might be a different thing. It doesn't matter what it is, the things that are important to you. They're important to you. That's what's important. And I would be remiss on this channel if I didn't mention the passing announced today. I don't even know if you heard it, Paul, uh, Keith, but Paul oh? Rubens, Paul, Paul? Ru- Paul oh. Rubens, uh, Pee Wee Herman died. Oh, no. Yeah, at uh, 70 years old. It just adjusted. Drop today, this news. That's so, crazy. I, I did not know that. Ooh, um, that's sad. I'm going to go ahead and read the message from his people. Uh, last night, we said for farewell to Paul Rubens, an iconic American actor, comedian, writer, and producer whose beloved character, Pee Wee Herman, delighted generations of children and adults with his positivity, whimsy, love that word, and belief in the importance of kindness. Paul bravely and privately fought cancer for years with his trademark tenacity and wit. A gifted and prolific talent, he will forever live in the comedy pantheon in our hearts as a treasured friend and a man of remarkable character and generosity of spirit. Uh, It also included a personal quote from Rubens. So apparently this was, I don't want to speculate, but clearly it was uh, a journey that they knew was coming to an end. Right. And Paul wrote, please accept my apology for not going public with what I've been facing for the last six years. I have always felt a huge amount of love and respect from my friends, fans, and supporters. I have loved you all so much and enjoyed making art for you, his message read. Uh, The post concluded with a request for any condolences to be made in honor of Rubin's late parents, Judy and Milton Rubenfield, stand up to cancer and or any other organization that benefits dementia and Alzheimer's research. So, that said... I thought I'd just leave a little space here today, this morning, to just mention what his work uh, meant to me, and then I'll open the floor to you, Keith, if you have any. I I will say that, you know, a a great part of my comedic sensibility is improvisational, is the the appreciation of whimsy, as it said in that comment there, and also the appreciation of absurdist abstract comedy, which – uh, often is not understood or, or 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 can be confounding. In fact, Pee Wee Herman to to people who aren't it doesn't who it does not strike a chord for can just be kind of seen as hysteric or annoying. But 
Uh, as a kid who was a little weird, I appreciated the Pee-wee character because he was unabashedly weird and abstract and his his universe was not tidy or structured. It was it was kind mm-hmm. of crazy and colorful and the the characters you met on the show there was never rules rhymes or reasons uh but somehow that 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 chaos had a sense of family had a sense of belonging to all of us he spoke to us he did not condescend uh it was just a magical place and then the movies the tim burton movie the original especially that first one uh peewee's adventure peewee's uh great adventure big adventure peewee's big, big adventure, adventure. All the subsequent ones but that really that first one really just blew my mind as a, as a comedic work. And so I, and then of course his late work on, I think it was Everybody Loves Raymond as Robert's brother-in-law, some great stuff. Anyway, uh, I loved, and even the, the latest Netflix he did with Joe Mangella, Joe, Joe Mangella was, was crazy funny. So I've always been a Pee Wee fan. It just sits a huge, that ABC show sits as like such a iconic, period of my my upbringing and my when I was developing my sensibility. So uh, a great loss there. I also have a, you know, I also have lost friends and family to cancer and so I support that 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 call for 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 donations. So we'll we'll put a link in the to stand up to cancer in the bio here if you if you if you are touched and want to move moved uh do so. But anyway, Keith, you want to talk how how did you know Pee-wee? Uh, yeah, no. I mean, I I think the only thing the only property I would add is Buffy the Vampire, the original Buffy the Vampire yes. Slayer. Mm-hmm. Um was was sort of an iconic one for me. Yeah, I mean like I I didn't have I mean I certainly watched all of it and I saw I didn't watch it religiously, but I I, I will say that Pee-wee's Playhouse and the sort of absurdity and the and the chaoticness of it, I think is it really well represented a child's child's mind. Mm, mm-hmm. I mean, with like the sort of like ADD and the explosions of ideas and thoughts and feelings, and it was it was really just uh, I, I think a very very well depicted concept of how a kid thinks and mm-hmm. how a kid uh, operates in the world, and and it's like he he encapsulated six, seven, eight really well, you know, and then um, I, th- I think about artists who do that well. Stephen King does that for like 13 mm-hmm. really well, 10 to 13. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's uh, good. That's it's um, sad to hear. Sad to hear. I didn't know he was uh, that it's it, he went young, but also I, I had no idea he was 70. 70. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and was able to continue to, and also, like you know, some people choose to wear that 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 struggle pu- publicly to bring attention, and some people choose to do it privately. And I don't think there's a, a right way or a wrong way. No nope. one is less. Everybody, of, everybody should feel righteous and doing that exactly how they care to. Yeah, the, you know, I've always felt. I don't want to go into a tangent here. I'll just say I've always felt I've, that that the the I am a cancer survivor, or I I battled cancer. I'd always. I don't always love that because it it, it it insinuates that people who have passed away lost a battle or were not as good a warrior, and it, it's just not mm. it's just not that way. So I think uh, our hearts and prayers, feelings, thoughts, and everything, energy goes out to anybody dealing with, has dealt with, everyone has been affected. So uh, yeah, sorry to sorry to uh, grand voyage to you, Paul. That's what we'll say. Indeed. Okay. There you go. So that's our start. But in the honor of creativity and comedy, Keith, mm. uh, well, I didn't want to start with this one, but well, yeah, well, I wanted to talk this week a little bit about uh, a new video game I played. 
And, uh, you know, I want to give a, a little background on it. It's, it's a Telltale Games adventure, and it is on the property of The Expanse, which is a, a sci-fi property I know, or knew, absolutely nothing about. Do you watch The Expanse, Keith? Have you read the books? It is a book, right? I, I don't know. I know it's a, it, was like a, it was an Amazon show. I have never seen it. But I, my understanding is it's pretty good. It definitely, uh, yes, it was originally books by James Corey. And then there is, I think, a Netflix, there is a, this is how much we know about it. I've definitely heard it tossed around. It's a prestige show, I know. I've heard mixed things about it. But point of the story is I know nothing about it. But as we've talked on the channel, and obviously our whole channel, we love, I love sci-fi. I love space exploration. I like space exploration games. And what I really love, Keith, is Telltale Games. Now, Telltale Games started, uh, I guess, early 2000s is my under, my remembering. And their first series that I played was a The Walking Dead. All right, they did a an original property of The Walking Dead before The Walking Dead had spun off into a million things. All right, this was just when the show and the comics were running still. And it followed a character, Lee, and this young girl that he, uh, another traveler he comes upon, Clementine, they go on an adventure together, Keith. And it's the Telltale Games' whole thing was basically a point-and-click adventure, episodic, and your choices were not binary. There were multiple choices, some giant ones, some little ones, but they would culminate in your story by the end of the five episodes could be radically different ending-wise and world-wise than a friend well, who played fun. the game. And it does yeah. that cool thing. They kind of started this thing where at the end of each adventure, you it would break down each choice and also where you stood against everybody else who played the game. Oh, interesting. Right? I loved it. By the end of that, that Walking Dead series, I was weeping. And I love, you know me, I love something that'll make me cry. You uh, sure because do. Because the choice, I had to live with the consequences of those choices. Right. So... After that, Telltale also did a Sam and Max adventure. So if you're an old school PC gamer from way back in the day, you know Sam and Max are. That was pretty great. They also did a Batman, the Telltale series, which was pretty good. They did Wolf Among Us, pretty good. And then because of the way the games industry has gone, people go on to do different things, money is cut, Telltale basically went bye-bye into the great beyond. But some of the original people have come back They've kind of relaunched Telltale, and we have their first new release in a while with the old gang back again in their kind of new orientation with The Expanse, a Telltale series, and they're going back to the drawing board. It's uh, it's made in collaboration with Deck Nine Games, five episodes. They're going to be released. The first episode came out this past week, and then through September, so through the rest of the summer, we've got the rest of the five episodes. What's cool is that they're never more than like two, three hours at the most, so you've, it's compact. You know you can bite off with one, usually one or two sittings. So I decided, heck, I'm going to do it. Now, the other thing I will point out in this land of gaming, it is a full-priced, you know, $45 thing. So you don't just, like, buy episode one and see if you like it, at least not yet. Uh, uh, down the road, after they're all released, I think you'll probably be able to pip and pop on, like, mobile or whatever they else do. But I got it on PC. I bought the whole thing, and I played episode one. And first thing to note is that if you're a patron of our channel, Keith, patreon.com slash KNDM, mm. my whole playthrough is already up there, all right? So you probably already know what I think, because you might have watched it. Uh, if you want to join on that bandwagon, yeah, you can jump, <laughs> you can join our Patreon, patreon.com slash KNDM. It's going to drop on the, the YouTube channel as well, uh, because it's, uh, that's, I'm just going to do that. So, that's it. I was skeptical about how much they could 
possibly show me in this one hour. And I have to say, I'm loving what I'm seeing so far. You might have seen on the channel, Keith and I started to play the very Telltale-esque Star Trek Resurgence, which we will get back to at some point. We have to finish that, yeah. yeah. But... Aside from really pretty cool, compelling world building and just uh, experiential gameplay, it, it was a little janky around the edges. Uh, the animations were a little janky. The, the 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 whole kind of vibe was a little janky, which is fine. Keith and I were not deterred by that, but it does. And Telltale has been known to be a little janky back in the day. This, they have polished their engine. It runs great. The sound design is great. The animations are great. There's so much better than the screenshot below, actually. It's not, that's not a good indication of, of the, the character models. Uh, and yeah, so you're basically introduced to this, this, this number one, a commanding officer of this ship, the Artemis. And it starts with you putting your, the captain of the ship, this is the first shot you see, uh, Captain Cox, you, putting him into the airlock and potentially hitting the button to jettison him into space, okay? And I'm like, okay, this is a banger. This is how we're starting. You then flash back, and you kind of see that we are working on a salvage ship. So, you know, we go out to derelict space stations or different things, and we we grab scrap, okay? We meet the cast. We, mas- we meet the crew. There's about four people on the crew. We meet them. They each have their stories. We kind of do little things to, we have little ex- interactions to see if, how our relationships with those people are going to be. So every, you might help this guy out. You might not help him out. He'll then that'll affect how he responds with you later. Uh, the This initial, the first episode is about an hour and 15 minutes. And I have to say, by the end of it, knowing nothing about the grand world of The Expanse, I'm in on these characters. This, our, our, our XO here, she is a badass, right? Just... I don't want to say an anti-hero, but just not taking crap from anybody. Just, she's on the lam. There's a bounty on her head for something. We don't know what has happened. And there are consequential consequential choices that matter, Mm -hmm. Keith. Uh, Should I kill this person or just cut off their leg? Should I do this that could affect this or should I blow this thing up? And then, of course, uh, we got to make the decision on what we're going to do with the guy uh, that happens in the first couple seconds. So lots of big choices to make very quickly, and we're forced into some interactions and to high-stress situations that make us learn about our cast and crew. I'm really excited. The next episode's going to drop in August. Uh, if for anybody who's even tangentially interested, I, I think you should check it out. I wish there was a demo, like you could just play episode one so that if you're not in after that hour, just kind of bounce. But I guess they got to make their money, right? So if you don't know if you want to buy it, why don't you just pop over to Patreon, uh, check it out, oh. check me playing it, or it'll be here on YouTube as well. Uh, we'll give our, our patrons a week or two advance before I drop it publicly. That's but true. Keith, our Patreon's way cheaper than 45 bucks. That is very true. Uh, it's next to nothing. Uh, though we like to reward, you know, just whatever. Patreon's cool. Uh, YouTube takes all your money, so you, it's the only shot you have. Uh, yeah, I, I really liked it. I don't know if it's interested in me in watching the show, but by the end of episode five, we'll see. We'll see how that charts. I've got a lot of Star Trek to watch, so it's hard. <laughs> we have we have so much yeah. Trek to watch. Yeah, but it's... mostly, I'm I'm really excited about Telltale being back. I know that they have a couple of other things on the horizon. For one, Wolf Among Us season two, finally, which was awesome. 
And so, uh, yeah, welcome back, Telltale. I hope people buy the game or at least check it out and stream it and stuff so that they they keep making games. The Expanse, Keith, cool world, I gotta say. Uh, that's season one of The Expanse, and I'm I was digging it. All right. Well, you know, my my understanding is that it's a good show. I just, you know, I have a lot of Trek to watch, too, so mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> I have to get through there. Uh, yeah. Well, but Keith, if I, if I was enjoying the dark tone of Ooh. The Expanse Ooh. and wanted something even darker, where do you think I could go? Oh, uh, what a good transition. So uh, this week, I want to talk about Evil Dead Rise. Oh, <laughs> which is a uh it's a continuation of the evil dead series Keith, can uh, i point out i'm sorry to interrupt you but yes. i just it's the last time i'm going to mention it that is a transparent png of that woman's scary woman's face Photo- photoshop just made the rest just finished the rest of that wow uh, wow yeah no it's creepy hey it's coming <laughs> for all of us we're all toast uh anyway none of us will have jobs where'd you stream this uh, it was on HBO. No, I'm sorry. It was on Max. Now. No, Max. it's not even Max anymore. It's just Now. No, incorrect. Max. It's Max. 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 Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> you know what? Now might be better. <laughs> That's right. Whatever it is, who cares? So HBO Max or just Max. Um, yeah. So it's it, it's a continuation of the Sam Raimi Bruce Campbell series, of course, um, which. Is was a rite of passage for people our age. Like our older brothers would show us the Evil Dead trilogy. We'd mm-hmm. watch it all in one night. I remember, um, you know, the the first one is such a fascinating film because it was um, he Sam Raimi had I forget what movie he'd put out and he got savaged by the critics and he was so mad that he's like I'm going to make a movie to punish everybody watching it. Mm-hmm. And and it's like you know demons in the in the cabin in the woods sort of a deal. And the movie is just savage and mm. brutal to the point of being absolutely ridiculous. And then they continued. They're like, oh wait, it's actually kind of funny. And so Evil Dead Two, which is a continuation of it, is a full on comedy. And and then and then three goes off into crazy worlds. And then they did sort of a, a reboot ten years ago that didn't really go anywhere. So this is sort of a kind of a reboot, kind of a, a continuation of the original series. Now, I I really enjoyed, um, <laughs> starting with the second one, because I, I was like, I don't know, I was 14 or whatever when I saw the first one. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I could watch three of these. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once the second one started, it was like, oh, this is really fun and really hilarious, and Bruce Campbell is a national treasure. Um, and, you know, Sam Raimi went on to, to direct many things, including the first two Spider-Man movies. Like, he's a big, giant director, now, but he it was was super low budget, super you know fly by night operation there. Um, so this movie is is interesting. It's it's written and directed by Lee Cronin, who I think is an Irish uh, young director, and uh, it it only Bruce Campbell is not in it. Sadly, they mm-hmm. also did a um, so this this property they did a, a series on stars with Bruce Campbell continuing it recently. Um, continuing the sort of comedic tone. And um, there was also a musical uh, off-Broadway about 15, 20 years ago. It gets done ago. a lot regionally. I'm sure you can find it usually around uh, Halloween time. Did you see it? Did you see it? Uh, no, I had, I've had. i seen clips because my buddy John uh, did it once, but I've never seen it in its full. I'm sure I, it was I great. did go see it. It was really fun. Um, so, so, yeah, so the property's been around for a long time. And so this, this movie... Um, 
you know, uh, Jill and I like watching horror films. And yes, you can still watch horror films with your ex-spouse. It's still still fun. Um, and More uh, fun, and maybe? It, in some ways, yeah. Mm-hmm. Super fun. Um, and so tonally, it's not a comedy. Like a lot of the, you know, I know that the, the reboot um, about 10, 15 years ago was a little bit sort of halfway in between. This was... It gets it gets to be absurd by mm-hmm. the end, but it doesn't sit in the sort of slapstick of it all. Um, and I believe it was originally designed to be a uh, now Max HBO whatever the hell it is exclusive. Um, but the uh, it had a theatrical the release though. Yeah, yeah. The, the initial screenings were so good they decided to release it uh, as in theaters, and it ended up making a ton of money. So. I found it very enjoyable. Is it is it great? No, I mean it's not like some legendary thing, but they had some You can't be some... here. <laughs> yeah. I think the the KM channel is now basically just Keith and Mike fighting with their cats. Your know, vet straight up was like, your cat's too fat. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's getting up there. My vet said the same thing about me. Uh but the uh anyway, but it ended up being um very successful and it it has some great performances um uh this the woman we see here uh, Alyssa Sutherland who spends most of the movie as a possessed demon doing all sorts of crazy stuff is terrific it's really fun there isn't really much of a plot mm-hmm. and there never really is in Evil Dead like it's not really a story about like oh here's A to B to C of the story and we're going on this great journey it's just like Oh God, there are these horrific demons who have taken over people spraying blood at us. What are we gonna do? Um, but uh but I you know, I think I could have used a little bit more comedy, but but the end was incredibly cool and satisfying, even though we knew the final kill was kind of obvious because they they showed it ahead of time. What they create, I don't quite want to give it away, but okay. there's some sort of like a like a body part bolus demon monster at the end, which I thought was uh, really inventive and fun. And I, uh, I, we had a really good time. Like, you know, it's not, it's not going to like blow your mind, but if you're looking for a, you know, an evil dead savage demon, I think they used 1700 gallons of blood in Mm -hmm. the movie and super fun. And I, 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 you know, I got to say Lee Cronin has, has a lot of talent. Um, as a as a horror director was able to do a great deal with the tiny budget. It's only twelve million dollar budget, um, and able to stretch that very effectively to make it seem like a much bigger, more expensive movie than it was. Yeah, when it comes to horror type films, there are only two that I there are there are two types that I generally will see. I'm not drawn to the horror genre as much as you, Keith. Uh, but the two types I like are one: if I'm going to go to a horror movie, I wanted to like psychologically ruin me. So like mm-hmm. in the scares department, like I, like I, I think I mentioned on the channel that new exorcist trailer uh-huh. really, it made me close my eyes watching the trailer. So I was like, okay, this I'm going to see. And then f- anything that you could label as fun, right? So it be from B horror to this type of experience. And you kept using the word fun. So I think I could be drawn to the, I, I love the yeah, original I- evil deads. I haven't checked in since the reboot. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean this, and and this is it's very inventive, very like monstrous and horrible, and um and you know don't worry, the chainsaw appears by the end. Nice. Um, it's but, really all uh, that really matters. Yeah, that's that's all that really matters. Uh, Mike, have you have you seen the descent? You know, 
I wanted, I was about to say yes, but now on upon review, I'm not sure I have. Uh, it's about like this this group of women going spelunking in caves. No, I've only heard, I heard the review on on Slash Film. I have not seen it. Oh yeah, it's it, it's I that was I don't I don't know why this movie. I, I guess because it was another like like horror film, super low budget, done by very talented people. Um, I saw the the descent in theaters, and it scared the bejesus out of me mm. before the monsters. Okay. Because it has some of the most intense spelunking cave scenes I have ever, like, I was literally just, like, shaking in fear from the claustrophobia of it all. Such a good movie. The anyway. Exorcist is one of those movies I saw too early in my... Sure. In my fundamental... And, and, and it's funny because to this day, Keith and I speak often, we're not particularly religious folks. I'm... Not, well, Keith's not religious at all. But <clears throat> I am not particularly... If you're raised Catholic, Exorcist yeah. hits differently. Well, that's the thing. Like, even... Even in my adulthood, with my formed opinions, I don't really believe I'm going to close, go into the bathroom at night and get possessed by demons. But it still scares the living hell out of me. It's not out yeah. of the question. No, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like it's completely out of my control. All right, hilarious. So going from uh, dark fiction now, we'll go or dark. Yeah, I want to go back, bounce over to dark nonfiction. Uh, so Netflix has a series of documentary films that are being combined under the unknown sort of header here. And they, I think at this point, they've all been released. A series of four films, uh, Cave of Bones, Killer Robots, Cosmic Time Machine, The Lost Pyramid. And Keith, uh, I love me some nonfiction. I love me some documentaries. And I've spoke on the channel. I've been critical of Netflix, kind of following a sort of rote formula for their, for their documentaries lately, but I like to give them praise when they've done a good job. And in this case, uh, these are pretty good, I have to say. They're about an hour, a little over an hour each, each by a different director, each with a different subject matter. And they're kind of dealing with scientific discoveries that are either breaking or future things that are going to uh, ne necessitate us putting a lot of resources into the study. So I started with Unknown Cave of Bones, and this one really captured me because the premise is so interesting. So the abstract is this. We have a really pretty strong scientific understanding of how we evolved, the, the Homo sapien branch. And what I didn't know is that uh, along the way, there are a ton of other branches of the Homo genus that... Sure that aren't particularly related to us, right? They branched off in a different way and they didn't have, and, and normally how we kind of gauge a lot of this to, I'm to oversimplify, Hey Charlie is the size of our brains, right? So, uh, there's this one species homo naledi, which, which happened hundreds of thousands of years before we popped in. Right. And, uh, the things you would expect from something this far, this a species this far back, was that they wouldn't use tools and they wouldn't have organized culture. And in this case, we're talking about funeral stuff, right? Oh, interesting. Uh, whereas you know, sometimes like elephants or, or or like animals will put all their dead carcasses in a place where they'll like put them over there, but that's different than like a ritualized burial. Ritual mourning, yeah. yeah. And so they found this cave, uh, and. They found bones that appear to be buried, 
and uh, remnants of fire. And then they started looking abstractly at like the gauntlet that these species would have to like travel to actually get to this place in order to bury the bones there. Mm. So scientists initially had just like laughed them off. It's way too early. They wouldn't have the tools to do it. They wouldn't have had this to do it. But this, there have been some recent documentaries in this one specific cave that are starting to point towards they think it's ritualized burial, and they're make, burial, and they're making their case in this film. I wouldn't say that the science is strong to present, be presenting papers on it just yet. Is what it how it seems because there seems to be a lot of speculative nature in this. But it, the documentary does a really great job in showing if it is this. Right, what they think, what would that mean about our understanding of what it is to be human? If some of the fundamental things we think is just for us was being done by other species, which in 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 juxtaposition to what we're learning about potentially with extraterrestrial life, uh, really puts us in a cosmic focus that I think is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I find stuff like that fascinating because, you know, realizing that we are, you know, <laughs> branched from 10... 10 million other things over, over a billion years. Like it's really interesting to see all the what ifs, all the other possible timelines, all the all other possible ways that we could have evolved and, and how little we do know mm-hmm. still about all of it. Uh, I popped over to the, the lost pyramid next. Uh, this is about this pyramid that they think existed there and what could have, it's very speculative, speculative. And I just, it wasn't striking for me. So I bounced off. I don't know if it might get better, but I bounced off of it. I went over to Killer Robots, which is pretty good. Uh, it, it takes a more grounded approach that I appreciate. Uh, you know, Keith, <laughs> you could tell we did it this episode already. Uh, a lot of people have, see a dark future of AI and how it's going to destroy us all and kill us all. But there are actually people and scientists who are working on this right now. And so this documentary t- uh, goes into some... Uh, military uses and weapons that are being built using AI currently, oh, uh, as well as some other things. And it also has a lot of interviews and 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 t- is focusing on the people whose job it is, is to create the, the, this, the, uh, the fail safes to, pr- to protect us from these things kind of becoming sentient and taking over and stuff. And, and, and the basics come down to, there's two general types of AI, right? Uh, focused AI, which is basically everything we have, which is something that can do one task better than we could ever do because it's all of its processing there. And then the thing that is developing, which is generalized AI, when an AI can do a lot of things really well and then start making those systems work together and then create their own systems, and then that's when things get a little scary. But this is a little more focused, and it's a pretty good documentary. But Keith, the crown jewel of them all, my favorite, and if I had to pick one, to, to recommend to you, dear viewer, it's Unknown Cosmic Time Machine, the James Webb Space Telescope. If you don't know much about it, you can take your Hubble and throw it in the trash, all right? Because the new GPUs are out. This thing uh, is using infrared light. It is looking up to, out to the beginnings of time, right, of our, our observable universe, and just discovery after discovery after discovery in beautiful high high res folks uh but what how this documentary's approach is is this is the hardest thing we've ever done as far as mm. space technology 344 points of failure keith mission critical points of failure which means these are independent systems right 
So if any one of these 344 things goes wrong, the whole billions and billions of dollars of mission is over. We cannot correct it. We cannot fix it. We can't go up like Hubble and like, ooh, you know, spit shine it and make it work. 344 mission critical points of failure. And some, and this goes through all of them and the people whose job it was to be stressed out about it for 25 years, right? Yeah. And it goes through and, and what I love is something that puts you through all of the tension, but you know that it works at the end. That's Ooh. my favorite type of documentary like because Apollo 13. I, yeah, I don't have to be that stressed out. <laughs> I can know it's going to be okay. And it's just when you <clears throat> it, the whole thing is technologically brilliant, but they really focus on all the ways it could have broken and it it is an absolute miracle that this thing is doing what it's doing and then you get to the end and it talks about speculates on all the things we're probably going to learn from it and we nailed it so much. You want to talk about competency porn? This is this is the thing for you. So I absolutely loved this documentary. It's an hour and ten minutes. Unknown Cosmic Time Machine, Keith. High recommend. They're all good, but this is the one. Nice. Well, I mean, the you know being able to uh, use the speed of light being what it is to at least be able to clearly and actually see the past is really fascinating to me. It when is I really time think travel, about, right? Because like if if we could zip that thing out and we could. And you know, fasten the speed of light going the other going away from us. We could literally see ourselves walking backwards and see all of our history. Wow. So cool! That's nuts. All right, so Keith, you know, like we do every week, I think this would be a good chance to talk a little weekly rad. I'm gonna let you go first, buddy. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what I've been enjoying this week. It's uh, here in New Jersey, and uh, it's it's been too hot and too sunny, but we've actually been getting rain this summer so far. That's the last rain I'll get through October now because I said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the humidity's really gone away though. It's nice out. The, uh, all right. Well, we've ruined that too. We're going to be all underwater, <laughs> uh, but somehow it'll still be a drought. Uh, but I've been really enjoying watching my my garden grow because uh, apparently it is wick, and I've been so I, we planted pumpkins this year. And so it's been really fun to watch the pumpkins grow. I have a big orange one uh, that I've been watching. There was one that was growing on on the fence. It climbed up to the top of the fence between our, our house and the next house. And it grew a little pumpkin. Then the pumpkin fell, and I thought it was dead. But it's not. It's fine. Now it's, it's grown great back down on the ground. Um, really fun. Harvested some potatoes. Keith. Which was, uh, which was super fun. And... Uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Got some cucumbers coming. It's uh, I I very much enjoy. Uh, it, you know, I I don't particularly have. I don't really care what grows. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a volunteer garden. We just throw some compost in there, and whatever comes out comes out. Is it in your yard, or do you go to a place? I no, I have a no in our yard. I um I built uh sort of a little raised bed. Um, really easy to do, and then just planted some stuff, and what happens happens. It's kind of fun. You and my wife are like the same, but different. Uh, she, she has done the same out front. She just there was this patch of land that was that had some dead rose bushes on it. So she took it upon herself, even though they they asked us not to do this. Uh, she went out in our garden anyway and made a garden. And it's not, she's not growing any food stuff, but she's got like uh, she got some sunflowers out there. She got some hostas. She's got some some tulip things she likes. I don't know. It's, it's pretty. She's got a couple garden gnomes. She's really enjoying herself and I am enjoying that she's enjoying that. So yeah. Keith, that transitions me to what I wanted to quickly talk about is a book I've been reading and uh, 
It's by Rick Rubin. You might you might know the cat, uh, co-founder of Def Jam Records, uh, one of the most sought after and prolific producers of our time. And he mm-hmm. wrote a book, uh, and it is called the Cre- the Creative Act: A Way of Being. It's sort of a a it is not a biography in any way. It is more of a waxing on observations he's made about creativity by working with some of the, our, the geniuses of our of our time musically. But what I love about this book is it's it's also kind of a Buddhist philosophy. It's very Zen. It is presented in no specific order. It's just kind of like a collection of observations he's made. And some are very general. There's a lot of like conflicting information that'll be like, surround yourself with abundance of creative ideas and just like, do a gajillion things, or sometimes it'll be like, you got to really focus. And I think that's kind of part and parcel with creativity. There are no rules. And and sometimes you need both. Yes. And so this is just like- or either. This sort of feels like, you know, like a, like a writing prompt type of book, you know, that just like gives you a variety of things just as jumping off point. And that's what this is. It's beautifully presented. I recommend the hardbound copy as just like to have it around with you. But mostly the thing I wanted to bring up for today- because it lets everybody off the hook a little bit, is that creativity is not restricted, this is what it was saying, and I just I just really attached to it, is not restricted to artists, right, as we know them, musicians, writers, performers, actors. Creation, creativeness, creativity, is part and parcel to the human experience. Keith, you're out in your garden creating. You are being creative. How are you going to set up your vegetables? Well, what are you going to grow? How are you going to use them? If you are uh, going to the store and shopping to make a meal, that selection, that process of creating, it's it, we're, we're cre- we, there's abundance of creativity and ideas floating at all times. And so, you know, I've been getting a couple Marco Polos from, from various friends who are a lot of people going through a rough time right now because the rules of casting is changing, TV is the landscape of the creative arts is changing, and that can feel stifling because you're used to the old way, or perhaps your your place in a particular art might be changing or shifting. All of that is scary, but it does not mean that we are precluded from being creative beings. There's a ton of things you can be doing, uh, and so get on doing. And if you need some help ideating or generating or just feeling a little better, uh, I can't higher recommend The Creative Act, A Way of Being. It's by Rick Rubin. You can get it on your Kindle. You can get it from the bookstores. It's everywhere. Uh, You should check it out. Uh, Or get a copy for a friend who's going through a tough time. That's my weekly rad. Well, you know, it's it's funny. Like, it's as we both have been struggling (laughs) and trying to be creative people our entire lives to various levels of success. Uh... You know, I, I remember hearing a lot of people talking when I was young that that the the greatest reward to creativity is the creation, mm-hmm. is the actual, it's the work, it's the creation, and that the success level of it is not actually the the real reward. And you know, I, I thought, no, <laughs> no, I want I want to be successful. I want to get the I want to get a show to Broadway. I want to be on Broadway. I want to make money. I want to do all these things. And that none of this really has a point unless it achieves the the objective. And I think, um, I don't know, twenty something years doing this, I think ha- I've turned into the person saying, um, "Yes, that's great. Yes, strive for that. Yes, I still want that. Yes, um, you know that that is that is a 
a big part of the dream, mm-hmm. but I'm now really appreciating what it is that I really like about art, about creating. It's the creation. Mm-hmm. It's 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 the coming up with an idea and putting it on paper and throwing it into Pro Tools and and you know creating the hat and you know yes do I hope someday to make money with that yes but that's it's a it's not quite the thing that gets me up in the morning and gets me excited it's what gets me up in the morning and gets me excited is ah there's an idea let me create it I'm gonna make a thing that there was never a thing whatever the medium is and I'm like wait that is the reward. And that the life that I have led that has enabled me to do that and follow that as hard, you know, and just like charge forward with the creation has actually been pretty great. Well, and the, the I'm, lens, I'm no regrets. The lens that I've I've gained and continue to gain, and this book actually points out, is that it goes both ways, right? So yes, as a creative, one, you might not be able to carve out an economic path in your chosen thing. But the skill set, that creative access you have, and and the freedom of emotional expression, and all of the goodness intangibles that that creating yeah. g- generates inside of Problem you as a solving. human person, yes, yeah. does translate to many other types of sure work. Where you can bring them to any type of work and make yourself a better person, a better insert job here, right? Yeah, and vice versa people who are find themselves in very nine to five or, or rote type patterns and they're feeling a little stagnant in life, you don't need to all of a sudden become an opera singer, but maybe you wanna take some singing lessons or start coloring. Right. Or my mom just has a coloring book and just color, that's, it's a thing she does. It's a way yeah. she kind of gets out ideas. And, and guess what? That's all good stuff. They're, and, 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 and I think that it's it's we've we've put a value system on the success or fame or money part of it and and i i i mean yes of course i want all that i desperately want mm-hmm. all of that but i you know I, I have bookshelves behind me of stuff that i have created thinking that i was trying to do that mm-hmm. that will never be that it'll never be that but i look back i look at it so differently now you know, that musical I wrote, which will go nowhere. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful life experience of learning and growing and, and, and enjoying and dreaming I had while creating it that I don't feel like it's a failure at all, even though it didn't achieve part of what I wanted to accomplish. I accomplished something even better than that. Um, you know, a lot of amazing things on this channel I'm really proud of. Uh, the Outer Practice Podcast, which we finished. We watched every episode. We did what we set out to do, which, you know, like doesn't have the views or the listens that we like a lofty predicted, but I'm proud of it nonetheless. And But the thing I'm pr- most proud of, and I mean, and I'll, I won't drop any names because I, we haven't run it by anybody, but there was a person who wrote us an email, I think we were doing that show, and said, hey, I have this idea for a podcast. Uh, and I've been watching you guys, and you're making me think <laughs> you're so shitty. <laughs> Even I could do it. Uh, that's that's not what they said. But regardless, anyway, two weeks ago, we got a follow up email from this person. They said, "Hey, you know, I I said I was thinking about it. I did it. I made a podcast and sent the link. And I don't know. It filled me with the fact that like somehow our presence gave somebody the courage to go on and create. Is several. That's that's JD's happened a couple of times. like channels blowing up and he's really enjoying himself. And like I don't want to take credit for that, but just seeing people we've interacted with 
continue to do it and to push it, I think is just awesome. We, the, the little community we've cultivated patrons and viewers alike, it's all creation and it's all good stuff that the world is my life. At least forget the world. My life is a little bit better because of it. And that's creation. So get creative friends this summer. There's still time. Uh, and when I say this every week, it sounds a little rote, but it's 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 part of all of that. Do not let anyone yuck no. your yum. All right, nope. so keep on doing the things you find fun. Keith and I will support you every step of the way, and we'll have more recommendations for you next week. Until next week, keep on geeking on. <laughs>